Pass the carbs. Hello and welcome to Some Assembly Required, our podcast over here at Waynefleet BIC, where we talk about life through the lens of our Anabaptist roots. My name is Julie Adams and I am your host today. I am joined by Pastor Renee Kivit. Welcome, Pastor Renee. Hello, thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. So we have begun a new series for the summer. We sure have. Yeah, if you were with us last summer, you might remember that we did a series called Long Story Short, which um, we chose a few stories from the Old Testament. And um, there are some really great ones. Which ones did you do? Do you remember? I uh, talked with Gideon. He's one yes. of my favorites. And then uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and the fiery right. furnace. Yeah. Yep. Oh. And some of the other ones. There were a variety. Jonah. Jonah. Yeah. 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 Ruth, Esther, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of good so ones. So good. So good. So we loved it so much, we did it again this summer. That's right. That's right. Yeah, with a whole new lineup of Old Testament stories. And you were first on deck with? With manna and quail, mm-hmm. carbs and protein. Yes. For the Israelites. Perfect. <laughs> Keep that energy up. That's right. As they right. wandered. <laughs> oh, dear. This is a, such a fun story, and I, I, uh, it really got me thinking. And I, as I shared yesterday morning, that, you know, we often think we don't have enough. Yes. There's often not enough. And this concept comes through so profoundly in the story. And I was thinking more, you know, I shared the story about being in the grocery store and being mm-hmm. afraid of not having enough, especially during COVID when there were like shortages and oh, yeah. you would hear people talking about it. And as more people talked about shortages, it would like... I would feel a bit of frantic in yes. myself and um, I'd go to the store and they would either not have things and then that when you saw some shelves with nothing it like made me a little bit more frantic yeah. when I would get to the things I think okay maybe I should buy more of that or I've heard there might be a shortage here and just in case we don't have enough I need to buy this and and then I would try mm-hmm. to fight that too like yeah no, that's silly like take I, what you need that's right I yep. don't need more um, and you know I admitted and I sometimes I did I did buy too much yeah. I bought more than I needed because I, I sort of had this anxiousness inside of me that was that was fierce, and I, and I think, you know, in terms of financial resources, you know, sometimes we're not as generous as we really yeah. should be or could be because we're afraid we might not have enough, or or if we give, we give too much here, then we might not have enough for you know X Y Z. And I'm not I'm not talking about needs. I'm talking about wants. Yes. <laughs> you know, we definitely need to feed our family and and pay our bills and those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, but you know, with the extra, <laughs> I think is when it becomes tricky. Sometimes that can happen with time too, you know? Yeah. How much, oh, absolutely. How much time can we get? I don't or, have time for that. Yeah. I do have time for that. Right. Yep. Right. Um, and so I've, you know, find myself, you know, what is, what is enough? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, God is trying to teach us so many lessons. Um, he taught the children of Israel too. You know, I, I have been, I, I have been hard on the children of Israel. Sometimes mm-hmm. I read their stories in the Old Testament. And I think, oh my goodness, you guys are ridiculous! Like, what a whiny bunch! Oh eh? my word! Yeah. And you never learn your lesson. It yeah. just the cycle <laughs> goes over and over and over again, and then get it know, together already. Seriously. Yeah. And then I think, oh, mm-hmm. we're pretty much like that, aren't we? Yep. Yep. <laughs> we can relate well to the. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I mean, and you know, I mean, we're 18 months into a pandemic now, mm-hmm. and I can. I know a lot of people. When's yeah. it going to end? When's it going to be over? Yeah. 
Can you imagine for walking 40 years no. in the desert? And no. what about, like, I'm sure they would have had children along the way too. Oh, like, yeah. Like generation. What is it? Generation 20 years? They have two generations of Israelite yeah. uh, people being born in the desert. And... Yeah. And that would be the only life that those some of those children knew yeah. until they got to their destination. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a, kind of a, a wild story. Yeah. Well, the children of Israel, like, they've like, literally been out of Egypt for one month. Mm-hmm. When, we, when our story starts and, and uh, they had been um, in Egypt for o- about 430 years, but not in slavery that whole time, mm-hmm. um, but certainly in slavery, you know, a couple hundred years. And they had very, very difficult life. You know, they had hardships after hardships. They lived through the first few plagues and then the rest of the plagues were only um, visited upon the Egyptians and, and they weren't. But they are rescued, Moses and Aaron, they come in with God's provision, his help. They rescue, they're rescued. They literally walk on the, the bed of the river. Yeah. Um, you know, God pulls the water back uh, with the Red Sea and they walk through and they're saved. And all of those amazing miracles, you'd think you'd be in like this state of dependence and trust and yeah this is no problem yeah look what god did for us yeah 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 Yeah. and then 30 days later (laughs) 30 days later they're um they're complaining and not only that they it's as if they've forgotten in 30 days what was life was like and they're like take us back to egypt you know we had all the meat we wanted and we had all the food we wanted like just take us back because we're just going to die out here in the desert yeah and uh it sounds dramatic doesn't it like take us back this yeah. And I feel like I'm probably like that. Yeah. You know, like, oh God, are you kidding me? This, all these hard things. And, and God is like, just looking at me, like, just look back a little bit further, Renee. Yeah. Do you want you remember this, this, and this? And, you know, this story is the children of Israel trying to learn to become more dependent on God. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants them to trust him. He's asking for their obedience. Yep. Um, and for them to submit to his, his, um, what he's asking them to do, um, and they experience consequences and, and he just is so patient, Mm -hmm. um, patient and compassionate and the, the profoundness of his, of, of God's amazing, uh, mercy to them Mm -hmm. in the midst of whining and complaining and disobedience yeah, when they weren't really deserving of much. Oh, uh, it kind of blows your mind. If, even yeah. if you think of as parents, right? We yeah, we're trying to be, we're trying to show our kids who God is by being as much, you know, like Jesus and as we can. And you read mm-hmm. these stories, and I think if my kids were whining that much and complaining oh. that much, there would be not a lot of compassion. No, nope. or you know, being that disobedient. And I, I just, I just, it makes me marvel at his. Just his love, his nature his goodness. of love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and his yeah. goodness. Yeah, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, so good, so good. So who wrote the book of Exodus? Well, it's Moses. Uh, well, the, the law, the law books, the first five books um, of the Old Testament, the Pentateuch. Mm-hmm. And um, so Moses is, I, I believe, is credited um, uh, for the law books. And, and really, to be honest, they're some of my most favorite books because they just the narrative of learning about the children of Israel and mm-hmm. the ups and downs, the things they went through. They experienced massive hardships and then they experienced these amazing times of God redeeming them yeah. out of terrible and really 
awful situations out of hard situations. Um, he shows them over and over again his supernatural power. You know, they're in the desert um, in this story, uh, in Exodus chapter 16, and they are fed mm -hmm. in the midst of a place that wouldn't have provided food. And I, I just love how God shows them over and over again his, this supernatural power like of um, his ability to save them mm -hmm. um, and trying to teach them, you can depend on me, you can rely on me, you can trust me. Um, I'm going to do these things for you. And you know, even in the midst of this supernatural, amazing power, they're still disobedient. Yeah. <laughs> and they still, you know, you know Moses says, um, God told me that he's going to rain down manna and you are mm -hmm. to collect enough for the day mm -hmm. enough for the day and um one omer is what niv says n-i-r-v the new international readers version says that's about three pounds mm -hmm. three pounds a day and what is what is manna yeah so manna is like a thin uh wafery type it's a carb yeah it's a carb awesome. three pounds of carbs a day i mean who wouldn't yeah. want that um well. and they, in the passage maybe it says that um when the dew would sort of melt off these flakes would be left and then they could go outside and gather it up um and did they eat it as is or did they have to cook it or do anything to it does it tell us right it does actually uh verse i'm gonna hunt for that for a second it talked about them uh baking it and boiling it oh, oh over okay here uh, when it, when uh, the instructions were for the Sabbath day, they were not to go out and gather. Right. So on the sixth day, they were to go out and gather two portions, enough for two days. And um, in verse 23, it says, uh, so bake what you need to want to bake and boil what you want to boil and save what is left until Sabbath. Mm -hmm. And so I assume the boiling was more about the quail. Uh, the baking uh, was more about uh, the manna. The manna. Mm -hmm. And then they were able to save that up uh, for the Sabbath day because they were, they were to rest. So they didn't walk anywhere on the Sabbath day either? Mm -hmm. no, no, they just they rested. Were to, they were to rest. Sounds kind of lovely, doesn't it? It Not does sound lovely. In the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So even then, you know, so the first instruction that God gives Moses to relay to the people is gather enough for the day and some people don't listen they gather more than they need mm -hmm. and there are consequences to that disobedience it says in the morning it stank there were maggots um which that, those things put me right over the edge oh, yeah. and um you know they were not supposed to do that they were to trust that god would bring it the next day mm -hmm. that the next oh. morning when they woke up there would be manna and um you know, some people didn't trust. I mean, I, I mean, I am the same way. I can't fault them on some level, except, no. you know, I would like to imagine that if God told me something directly or through someone that maybe I would, but I'm probably not I know. any different. Our, isn't it funny how um, we always think ourselves more righteous than we are and think yes. everyone else more wicked than yeah. they actually yes. are? That's yeah. kind of always a funny... Yeah. Uh -huh. thing true. that we do as it's humans true. well we would give ourselves the benefit of the doubt yeah I know I like yeah. to think I read these stories and I'm like oh yeah yeah if God said oh only grab that much oh right. for sure I would do that yeah yeah would I <laughs> <laughs> and then so like not only did some save it early on but then on the on the seventh day when they were supposed to rest some people went out to look for some after they were told that wasn't going to be and uh actually says Moses got angry with them um, so was there some there to be collected on the no, seventh day? There just wasn't no, any there, there at was all. There was nothing to be. Mm -hmm. They didn't find any. Um, and in fact, God 
uh, speaks to Moses and just says, like, how long will all of you refuse to obey my commands and my teachings? You know, it's, I, I sense, first, I read frustration into that. Mm-hmm. Some, um, you know, God is frustrated. He, he wants us to trust him. And, and here he's doing these amazing things. He's rescuing them and he's providing ways for them. And he's supernaturally providing food in a desert. And, and yet they're not, they're not listening. They're just, they're yeah. so concerned about not having enough. Mm-hmm. Um, that they just that human anxiousness sort of takes over and they go back out and look or they or they har- they take too much yes um, and I just feel like we're just like that yeah we are you know and it's hard to not it's hard to talk yourself down out of that mm-hmm. you know so you know my beginning story of going to the grocery store there were some weeks I would drive and as I would get closer to Port Colburn I usually hit no frills I I would feel this like my heart would be be like pounding a little bit, and I would just and it, it would just kind of overtake me. But other days, I would start to feel and I'd be like, no, no, this is okay. Mm-hmm. God, this is okay. God's gonna help us. Like, and so there were days that I could, with God's help, and there were other days that I I'm not sure on those days that I gave in to my anxiousness if I was asking for help or not. I would hazard to guess I was not. Yeah. And I was trying on my own to just figure it out or or do you know just I didn't even think about it. I'm not I'm not sure. But God's, his love is, his love for each one of us as we are in the midst of those situations is just so overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, there, we, we need to learn the lessons and sometimes we are disobedient and there are consequences. Yes. You know, and, there, and there were for the Israelites too. But even in the midst of all of that, God's compassion for his people didn't change. He didn't be like, he wasn't like, well, that's it. There's no more manna. You know, they actually ate manna for 40 years. Seriously. Was there significance to that, that they had the same food every day for 40 years? Was there a reason that God chose to do that that we know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think that was that was the provision. That was... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and there, I was reading in a couple of commentaries, there's Jewish legend, so not biblical truth, but Jewish legend that, you know, that it could take on the taste of other things. So some people believe that if they liked sweet things, it would be more sweet or if it would. So it was just interesting to read some of the Jewish legends that went along with the manna because that was, yeah, that was a very, very, very long time. My favorite part of the story is at the very end where, you know, they've experienced all of these things and and then uh, God asks uh, Moses to do something really important and he tells him, I want you to put one portion, enough, Mm -hmm in a jar and I want you to keep it um, and he keeps it with the uh, tablets of the covenant law and I want you to keep that and I want you to use it as a testimony you know mm-hmm. um, and so the generations that are going to come and are going to come and are going to come over the years are going to hear this story because the storytelling was so beautiful hear the story of how God had redeemed you here and saved you here and saved you here and saved you here and here's here's this jar of manna and God gave us food every day for 40 years. Um, and it's this way of um, not only experiencing God's provision and his supernatural power, but then sharing that with other people. Yeah. Um, and I, I just love that challenge. I am always moved by testimonies mm-hmm. of how God has been, has, has saved people or, or, or in supernatural ways where it's like, where checks showed up when you couldn't pay your next bill or when um, peace came in a situation that just seemed unimaginably chaotic, you know? And um, this was, this manna, this one portion, this enough um, in this jar that they carried around 
would have been this beautiful testimony um, of how God provided enough. And I, I love to think about um, that in terms of what, it, what are we doing to mm-hmm. allow people to experience the testimony of things that God has done in our life. Yes. You know, um, and sharing those stories with other people. Um, even thinking about through COVID, you know, people have experienced things they've never had in their oh, entire yeah. life. Oh, and, yeah. And how has God provided for you or your family? And that could have been in, in ways of just really sweet family time or it could have been in financial ways because you mm-hmm. lost your job or um, just how God provided um, just patience to make it through the day, like anything. Yes. And the testimony of that, you know, is is just so powerful. And I think we just need to be like the Israelites and carry our jar around, you know. Yeah. Uh, figuratively, of course. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's just funny how short our memory can be mm. when it comes to things like that. Yeah. How we, um, yeah, it's where we place our focus, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's where we place our focus. Yeah. Any closing thoughts? Yeah, I just work out um, what it means to trust God and, and mm-hmm. seek his provision and and I, I hope you share your share your stories like yes. share the stories carry your jar around and uh, share your story with others yes God's goodness I love it thank you Renee if you'd like to get in touch with Renee um, to chat or to share your story um, you can reach her at Renee at waynefleetbic.com. And if you'd like to get in touch with me with any feedback or podcast suggestions, I'd love to hear from you as well. You can reach me at julie at waynefleetbic.com. So thank you for tuning in today, and we look forward to connecting with you soon. Hope you have a great week.